another episode of currently binging the podcast about all things tv and movies if you're listening for the first time welcome make sure you hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening to my voice on also take a few extra seconds rates comments all greatly appreciated so we are discussing season two of bel-air excited to finally get to talk about this (laughs) because I did watch this differently than I did season one, Uh, but before I get into it, there are going to be spoilers, so be prepared, and yeah, so first season, this is on Peacock, so you know, Peacock, fairly new original content, I think this was one of the earlier, not really, like (laughs) mid-early original content shows, because we had like Saved by the Bell, the reboot, we had One of Us is Lion. Um, both of those only made it to two seasons. We have yet to have an original series on Peacock make it past two seasons before getting canceled. Uh, so, you know, I talked about Saved by the Bell, talked about One of Us is Lying. Both of those gone. Now we're at Bel Air. Not gonna lie, going into Bel Air, I was a little bit hesitant just based off of previous experience <laughs> with other shows that I have watched on Peacock and um, come on to here to discuss. So first season, for the most part, I'm trying to think, I think Saved by the Bell was all dropped at once. One of Us is Lying was not. I think that was week to week. I believe so. Don't quote me. But Bel Air was dropped week to week. There was big buzz behind Bel Air um, for the first season. We know got Will Smith behind it. This was all originally a video project that got a bunch of hype online. And then Will Smith saw it and ended up picking it up like a studio company, I believe. I'm, I'm pretty sure I talked about all this for season one. And here we are with this show, a more dramatized version of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which I am actually very much enjoying. Uh, you all know this, this fits right into my wheelhouse of kind of angsty teeny types of drama which I do love and this is exactly what that is yeah there's some family drama stuff in there as well but it's really you're following the teens for the most part um and so you get a lot of their their angst and their trials and tribulations and get to watch them grow so going into this season I was like do I really want to watch this week to week not really. If you listen to any of my other episodes, you know I have been on the big struggle bus as far as watching content. I have been having a lot of complaints <laughs> personally. Some I have voiced on previous episodes just for various view viewing, like my viewing habits and patterns and all of that. I've voiced in previous episodes before. Um, in general and so going into this and I I don't know I've just been really frustrated <laughs> with the state of just content in general streaming regular broadcast content all that stuff just been very frustrated I I hit my peak you all know I hit my peak for broadcast content last year which is why I haven't done um, a lot of episodes on broadcast content outside of All-American, which we will be doing again (laughs) this year. That's the only one I'm following and trying not to be spoiled on. But streaming is starting to get there too because a lot of these 
shows. I don't know. It's just, it's just been a lot of things that have been canceled. And I'm, if you, if you've listened for a while, while, you know, I still have remnants of pain from the society being canceled. And that wasn't even high stakes anything, but now everything is just being canceled left to right. And I don't know, it's just, it's not making me motivated to want to watch new things. Or I'm watching new things, The Diplomat, <laughs> and I'm not really excited. It's it's taking me a very long time to get into it. So that's a whole nother discussion, but this is kind of my mindset going into the season of Bel Air. And so I just did not want to watch it week to week because there were so many other shows that were that I was watching at the same time that was week to week. And you all know I take notes on these shows, things like that. I personally feel like if it's a stream, if it's on a streaming platform, just give me all the episodes at once. But you know, maybe it's just me. This is called Currently Binging. So um, I was just like, I don't want to add another weekly show to my list of shows that I'm already watching. Plus, I'm sort of kind of behind a little bit anyway. So we'll just hold off. And I'm glad I did because by the time I started to watch this, there was 10 episodes this season. I believe that's the same as last season. So nice, succinct season of TV. By the time I joined this, eight episodes had dropped. So I literally just binged those eight episodes. In Bel Air, the way that the episodes flow, and this is the case for most like, streaming for the most part, you can even say so for like some of the broadcast stuff, but broadcasts, I feel like they're a little bit more dramatic because they know you're going to have to wait an extra week Whereas streaming the expectation generally is that you're just going to let the episodes play. And so the way that Bel Air's episodes end, you're like, okay, I can just roll into the next episode. So I'm glad I did that because had I not, and I watched it week to week, I don't know how I would have felt about it. And I, I don't know, this just quenched a thirst that I had <laughs> this is so dramatic but it really did by the time I watched this because I was just thirsty for good tv that I genuinely enjoyed like you all know from everything I've dropped this year so far my overall consensus so anyway going into it binge the first up the first eight episodes and then I waited for the last two episodes to drop and then I watched those back to back Overall, enjoyed it. I was a little also, I was also a little bit worried because we are going to second season. First season was so hype. And a lot of the times when you go into a second season, you know, there are some struggles, <laughs> whether it's the storyline, the character development, all that. I do still have some things that I would like to see in season three because, spoiler alert, I don't think I said this yet, we are getting to season three. They announced this right before the finale or like a couple weeks before the final episode they did like an early like you are renewed <laughs> and so I think it was two weeks before the finale or something like that but this is the first Peacock original to have three seasons so I'm excited because it's giving me some hope <laughs> that we'll start to see more shows because Peacock has decent content so I don't know what's going on I don't I, I, I don't know what's going on over there but <laughs> there's decent content being created and I'm not sure if it's just like the demand for the content is not there because it is Peacock 
and I don't really see a lot of people talking about anything that's on Peacock outside of Bel Air, so that could have also played a role in, in it. But there, like, Save by the Bell, I feel like that had some, some discussion behind it. But anyway, we're getting to season three. I'm excited. So let's go through this and then I'll get, go back into what I want to see in the season three. Because I think that's going to nicely round out how I feel about the character journeys and the development that we're seeing, not just for our main folks, but some of these side characters who have now been sprinkled in, some of them, some of them we were introduced to this season. So I'm not sure how much more of them we're going to see in season three, but some of the ones who have been around since the season one, I'm going to need a little bit more. You all know how I feel <laughs> about side characters, especially if we see them a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Go to All American, oh my gosh, was JJ. JJ is a prime example of taking a secondary kind of filler character and giving him a little bit of life and adding to the overall like journey of everyone, even though I feel, there's still more they can do. Again, I haven't watched the season yet, so I don't know what's going on with JJ for All American, but you know, that's just an example. But anyway, so how do we do this? Do we start with, let's start with Viv and Phil. And you all know, everyone's kind of intertwined. So some of these people we might talk about multiples at once, but it's okay. We're all just going to stick here. And we're going to be along for the ride. So something that um, Phil and Viv had struggled with in season one, which we learned about in season one, was this, not idea, but the fact that Phil, and we get a little bit more context towards the end of the season, but the fact that pretty much Viv gave up her career to support uh, Phil in his career. We know last season he was running for DA, then he dropped out because family drama. And so then he was trying to get back this season into, lo and behold, he has a whole law firm, which I think we knew, but the fact that we didn't really focus on it too much in season one, and then now we're in season two, and there's a lot of talk about this law firm, and then Phil is seeing how people felt about kind of how he kind of stepped away to run for DA and they, the, the firm pretty much started to go down and then they all, then he stepped back in and he's trying to save the ship. But they're like, we've been on this ride while you were off doing your own thing and we've been sinking. <laughs> so you're not just going to be able to hop back in and save us, which he does kind of a little bit. Uh, but essentially he ends up. A, a bigger firm ends up taking them in but either way it's just funny to me that we don't really focus too much on it and then it's like all of a sudden oh Phil has a, a law firm <laughs> but anyway so this season we see Vivian we know she was part of I didn't write this down but essentially she has a what do you call it not a stipend when you you all know what I'm talking about when you're like studying a PhD or whatever and then they give you a ton of money to just do that work I can't think of it you all are probably yelling at me to being like Eva this is what it's called maybe it'll come to me but we, you're following you're following so <laughs> she is working on this her art essentially and she has been having a lot of struggles uh between 
her vision and Helen, who's played by Daphne Reed, who was the second Aunt Viv in the original Fresh Prince. And we saw her last season too. So she's back in the same role. And it's pretty much this fight between two different um, viewpoints. We have like this older viewpoint, stagnant, not really changing, resistant to change. Like their way is the way. It's hard to change that. And then you have Vivian with a younger perspective, wanting to do new, fresh things. She's feeling stifled by Helen. And so she's dealing with that. And then you have Phil dealing with everything that's going on with his um, law firm because he's been away and now he's back and he's trying to get the best deal for the people there because he is pretty much saying this is what they all deserve. We're not going to settle for anything less. And so that means he has to do a little bit of conniving, which we get introduced to this new character, Erica, which come to find out there's history there because they all went to school you know you're in college you're young you're dumb you're living life because that's the time where you're supposed to live that type of a life <laughs> you're living life so sometimes friends friend groups there's a little bit of of people swapping so it sounds like at least from what I could gather Viv and Phil were together and then it wasn't clear to me or no it wasn't clear to me if Phil cheated on Viv with Erica or was it just that Phil got with Erica after while he and Viv were taking a break and but Erica and Vivian were close friends and so therefore of course there's going to be some hurt feelings there because it's like you're supposed to be my best friend so does this mean this entire time you were pining after my man <laughs> while I was with him and as soon as you saw opening you kind of like swiped through that's kind of the vibes I was getting. And then it sounds like uh, Erica and Phil were together for about a year. And then they broke up. And then Phil got back with Vivian. That's how I tracked that. But <laughs> you all tell me if I got that wrong. So Erica is back. She's ready to cause havoc. I knew as soon as we saw her face grace the screen that she was there with none with no good intentions at all even her whole thing when she showed up at the house and Vivian was like uh why are you here you just showed up oh you could have this seems like something you could have done like over the phone or via email and she just showed up at the house and my immediate reaction was she's trying to scope out what your life is because she's trying to steal your life girl <laughs> that's the immediate advice I was getting so when she was sitting there smiling on Viv's face, I wrote in my notes, I don't trust Erica at all. Don't trust her. Not as 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 close as I can put my fingers together. <laughs> That's how much trust I have for Erica. None. So when, and then it's even proven because after that, we see her talking to Phil. And she's like, oh, it worked me showing up at Viv's place. And then her like hugging him and oh, you want to get dinner and stuff? And then a little sneak kiss she tried to do. And then Jeffrey was like, are you sure about this? Talking to Phil. And Phil's like, oh, I can, handle, I can handle her. You have to handle her in a certain way. Phil, you are setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> and it is not going to work. So I'm assuming season three, we're going to see some of that play out. Whereas uh, will he, won't he? We kind of got to see that a little bit with Eric, well, not with Erica, with Viv in season one. Uh, with, oh my gosh, I can't remember 
what his name is, but he's played by Michael Ely, which we didn't see him at this season at all, even though he played an in integral part in Viv going back into her arts. But I'm assuming we're going to see some of that play out in season three as far as this triangle because part of the issue that Viv has is, and you kind of see this play now, so there may be a little bit of, I think there are a few things that are going to cause, <laughs> cause some stress on Viv and Phil's relationship because one of them being this whole, this whole work situation because Viv said season one, I gave up my dream to support you in your dream. Then we see this happen in season two where she's she gets this offer to pretty much take Helen's um, role and she's conflicted. She doesn't know what to do. And Phil's immediate response is, well, maybe you should step down or step away or it's too much. And then her thing was like, well, this is feeling like a pattern. This is what you told me the first time where my immediate response is to support you and to push you towards your goals and dreams, your immediate response is to pull me away from my dreams. I feel like there's a message in there somewhere, somebody. <laughs> there really is. <laughs> but she, so pretty much kind of patterns repeating themselves. I think that's going to be one stressor on their relationship because she does end up taking over. I mean, we all watched it. We're not gonna, I'm not going to recap the whole thing. You all know. I don't like to do that, but she ends up taking Helen's role. So now we have Viv walking into this new position of a position she hasn't been in because she's for the most part been like a stay-at-home mom. And then she's been doing this whole art project where she's still for the most part been home. So who knows what this new role is going to entail. And then you have Phil starting another new firm. Which is something that Viv said as well. She's like, you, this is a pattern because last time you got a new firm and then you told me to stop following my dreams and then I stopped and I started supporting you. So I think that's going to be a really big stressor for them um, moving into season three. Another big stressor for them, and I guess we can go into Carlton, is going to be <laughs> Carlton specifically because... <sighs> You all know Carlton has a special place in my heart after season one. <laughs> no, I can really, I, there is a lot that Carlton goes through in this show that I feel most people could probably relate to. And it's also hitting on themes that really impact this generation overall. Issues like anxiety, drug use, even though drug use in some way impacts every generation, but this generation more so when you think about like opioids and using pretty much drugs that are prescription drugs to help them in a way. But now Carlton has transitioned from prescription drugs to cocaine, which brings me <laughs> to my overall thoughts about Carlton's storyline and his him in relation to his family because they know he struggled with anxiety and so that was a whole big thing with his arc last season and then we go into this season he's in a pretty good place him and will are in a pretty good place there's always going to be some type of conflict between him and will that's just going to be the name of the game it doesn't matter they're, they're going to have a little bit of conflict and they're they're going to get over it because they're cousins 
essentially like brothers. So that is what it's going to be. And that's kind of how it was in Fresh Prince. If we're being honest, that's kind of where they're taking inspiration from. So there's always going to be that, that struggle there. That's not surprising. What is surprising to me is, okay, he had his whole struggle. They were like, I'm, if I'm, unless I'm remembering incorrectly, you all correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the whole issue was his anxiety and the fact that he was abusing the prescription drugs that he was not supposed to be taking. So that was the thinking that I was going into this season with. So he's been in seeing someone, they've got him on the right medication and it seems like everything's going well. And then he's like, oh, I need to, these are clear signs that maybe this isn't a good idea or if this is what we're going to do, maybe he needs a little bit more supervision. Granted, he is a teenager. You want to give them some type of, of freedom and flexibility, especially because they're juniors, so that means they're like 17 years old. Yeah, 17. I was going to say some could be 18, but I mean, that's pushing. I think they're probably around 17, 16, 17. So you want to give them a little bit of freedom, but you also want to still have control over them because they are still kids. And so I can understand that also you're talking about kids with some type of privilege because they do have money. They do have access to things that an average kid wouldn't have access to. So you also have that as well. But he struggled. He struggled. You pretty much got him on this right path. Then he shows up to you and he's essentially like, oh, well, I can't sleep. These drugs are messing me up. I need to lower my doses. Which if the doctor says, okay, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. But it, there needs to be some monitoring there. And that's where to me, the ball kind of dropped. And that's where I was like, okay, wait a minute. Was the issue not that he was on on drugs? Because it had to have been because Will was trying to check his drawers. Like, are you on that stuff again? So if the issue was his anxiety coupled with his abuse of drugs, just the fact that everyone was like, oh, it's fine. And they, and there were moments where they all clearly saw it, even though he tried to hide it for the most part, of saw him stressing out and being like, oh, it's not stressful. Clearly lying, thinking about the whole story around his truck getting lost, uh, how he reacted when they wanted to stage a protest. But then the teacher was like, oh, if you do it, then you're not going to be eligible or you won't be backed to get the honor award that they had that like go happens every year and apparently a black student had never won it and that was the one thing that Carlton was super focused on and then there was the mini rivalry that happened between him and Will because Will also got nominated and then Drew was out here sending videos and Carlton for whatever reason thought that Will was the one who leaked it which did not that line of thinking never made sense to me because where would Will have gotten the video from? Also, Will is in the video. I don't know. That I, I just wasn't tracking with that line of thought. So there were warnings there. Granted, everyone's busy, not really paying attention. So it's easy to see how it could have slipped through the cracks. But I think everyone was still in their way, especially when we talk about Will and Will's relationship with Carlton. And they're supposed to be close. And then, yeah, they had their little bit of a fallout. But there's clear behavior that Carlton has that was similar to his behavior 
in the first season when he was on drugs where those should have been some type of warning signs. But again, you're talking about kids. They're young. They're only super focused on themselves. Will even kind of says it towards the end when he tries to re reconcile with Carlton finally after Carlton tried to reconcile with him and he turned him down. They're so super self-focused that it's hard for them to see what's going on around them. But then it brings me back to uh, Viv and Phil because like they're supposed to be the parents <laughs> and they're supposed to see these signs. And even you, I just felt like when Viv asked him about the car, she even had doubts. And that should have been a question there to be like, okay, we need to do a drug test or something. There should have been something to help keep track of it. Like, oh, you want to lower your dosage? Okay. Oh, you're, it's looking like there may be some stress between you and Will because we know Will is a trigger for you. Maybe, I mean, we trust you. We want the best for you. But in order for us to continue to trust you, maybe we need to set some guidelines to be like, okay, we're going to lower your dosage. We see you're getting a little bit worked out. There's a lot of stress happening in the house. Maybe we need to do maybe weekly drug testing, maybe not daily. Or maybe, especially after the whole car incident, when that seemed sketch and Jeffrey was like, he even felt like it was sketch. Then maybe it's, okay, we want to trust you. Your story's not really tracking. Are you sure you're okay? Do we need to give you... Let's do a drug test. Just, you know, just so we can meet halfway. I don't know. There's some way you could have, they could have massaged it. So it was just mind boggling to me that that slipped out, slipped through the cracks. And then the fact that they were so surprised that he was doing crack because prescription drugs are a gateway to if people who get addicted, addicted to prescription drugs. And it's not everyone because I don't want to make generalizations, but tip. For the most part, that could lead to them um, being open to doing harder drugs and then becoming addicted to those harder drugs. So, and the fact that he doesn't want to give Connor up as the one who's been drug dealing to him. And this is where I think a, a Will or a Lisa could step in and be like, oh, hey, Connor's not good for him. And even that was a warning sign to be like, Oh, wait, Connor's back in his life. Oh, they're hanging out again. Connor is the common denominator of Carlton acting like he's lost his complete mind. <laughs> like, that's a warning sign. So, I don't know. That's why when we got to the end, when he won the award, and then he finally confessed, confessed because we're introduced to this new character, Drew, who was, I mean, I get why he was there, but he wasn't really a well-rounded character for me completely honest he was just there to be even though his intentions weren't I, I feel like his intentions were mixed I think in his head he probably thought that he was trying to do the right thing but it was coming off as him being an asshole and doing it because he just didn't like Carlton but then in the end, he's like, oh, well, the whole thing is like, I think you're a liar and no one else can see it. I don't know. It's like some mixed kind of kind of um, energy with him. So he was just kind of there to be the catalyst to push <laughs> Carlton to own up to who he really is. And that was really it. And also be kind of a, a person for Lisa to 
connect because he needs to connect to somebody. He's not going to connect to Will because he's not. Uh, and so it only makes sense that he would connect to Lisa because they've been in the Black Student un Union together. So there's like a friendship there or some familiarity there. And then Lisa and Will aren't together. Lisa doesn't want to be with Carlton because she made that decision last season. So all in all, that was you. <laughs> so yeah, what else I want to talk about with Carlton? We talked about drug use. Oh, the fact that they were just so surprised that it was cocaine. Also, in that it was in their house. I don't know. I don't know. And granted, I don't have experience dealing with people who have um, a drug addiction or even alcohol addiction. Now I'm sitting here talking it out. Like, I don't have experience with people who have those types of substance abuse issues. So I can only speak from the outside looking in. But to me, from the outside looking in, there looked like there were clear patterns. So there's that. And then the whole interaction between him and uh, Ashley, when Ashley don't do nothing to nobody. <laughs> I felt so sad for her. But let's talk about Ashley because I feel like they try to give us a little bit more of Ashley. First season, we didn't really get too much of Ashley. I have a feeling it's the age difference because she is quite younger than the boys. So then Will and Carlton. But we do see Tatiana Ali, who played the original Ashley, shows up at the beginning of the season playing Ashley's teacher. She ends up getting fired because there's been complaints of favoritism and pretty much kind of speaking to some of the real world things that are happening where there are certain where parents. I kind of don't want to talk about this because I don't know if there are parents listening to this, but it's so the whole this whole thing of parents want to have control of what their kids are learning and all of that and banning things and along those lines things that are kind of happening in the real world i will say this when i was in school this whole idea of parents feeling like they don't have control over their kids has been or over what their kids are being taught and all that stuff and reading all that stuff is a fascinating thought to me because I just think about my childhood and I know I've talked about this before, but my parents wouldn't let me do a lot of things. I couldn't read Harry Potter, watch Harry Potter, couldn't read or watch anything that was deemed demonic, like all that stuff. So I feel like my parents had control over the things that I learned or bought home even some of the things that I was taught in school when I think about evolution and then when I would talk about it at home and then how that would be um like oh this is what I learned in school and then my aunt or someone would be like oh well this is what we believe like there's always been like a balance so the fact that parents are just out here screaming that they don't have control or they want more control it's just weird to me I don't know I don't know maybe because I ain't got no kids <laughs> But just coming from the perspective of once being a child who had parents who were pretty, pretty involved, I just feel like it's the parents who just need to own that role. You have, it's your child. You have control over what they can do and all that stuff. 
I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. I can, I could spend a whole hour talking about that because I have a lot of thoughts. But anyway, and I've kind of talked about some of them before when we talk about some of these shows and who should, shouldn't be watching them. I am a big proponent of, especially a lot of these angsty teen type shows. I always say parents should be watching it with their kids and determining if it's something that they should watch because they do hit on a lot of topics while some may experience in school a lot of it is pretty big topics that I don't think a, a kid preteen teenager should be watching or on their own without the parent knowing what is going on in the show but that is me <laughs> anyway Ashley so her she ends up Tatiana Ali's the teacher ends up getting fired and so that's the whole process or whatever so we do get a little bit more of Ashley there we do know that Ashley is very cause focused uh she cares about like planet she's very much like I don't want to say an earth child but like she cares about all the things and she's super focused on that and we do see later on um Hillary being like I want you to have fun and not be so super one-sided and then we do get introduced to someone who's her age Olivia which we did see some of her friends last season, but we didn't see any of them <laughs> this season. Uh, we get introduced to this Olivia character who we think is the one who got the teacher uh, fired, but apparently she wasn't. But we see like a friendship kind of formed there and then maybe even some interest between the two towards the end of it because Ashley compliments her rainbow pin. So we'll see where we go there. I do wish we could continue to round out Ashley as a character because she is a part of the family. And at this moment, it seems like she gets inserted where it's kind of feeling a little bit like a, a afterthought a little bit. <laughs> so would love to see some more development there. Let's talk about Hillary. Hillary has been on her entrepreneur game. <laughs> her social media game her and Ivy Ivy is a very interesting character I don't believe that she is one that I particularly care for <laughs> it just seems like she shows up to cause chaos and then just kind of disappears or not really chaos but to be to pretty much say oh I have the money I bought the house whatever I want goes and then she kind of disappears and you forget about her because that was kind of a contention between uh her and Hillary in the beginning where Joss was being like oh you gotta push back you have to say what you want all that stuff and then it kind of fizzled out especially after Jazz and Hillary stopped talking so I guess we can also talk about Jazz too since we're gonna talk about Hillary so we see that she partnered with Ivy they bought the social house and they turn it into a woman's only social house. And so they're pretty much trying to grow this, grow this house, grow their visibility, grow their following. And that's along the lines of what she's been doing. But she's also, her and Jazz have been dating. At first it's like, oh, do we go public? Jazz wants to go public, but Hillary doesn't want to go public. Because it seems like there's some hesitancy there. And then finally, she they decide to go public not public, but she tells her parents like, oh, FYI, I'm with Jazz. And to me, when I look at how Hillary navigated these relationships this season, the one with um, 
Jazz and then the one with LaMarcus when he shows up. Because, again, another new character <laughs> who just pops up to drive a storyline. But when we see how she navigates those two relationships, it's clear that what her parents think in about her relationships is very important to her. And it seems like she makes decisions based on that, which was some of the hesitancy it seemed with Jazz when she does tell her parents. And then she's questioning how they're reacting to it, saying, oh, is it because he's this or why are you reacting that way? Uh, and so it seems like they do kind of get in her head a little bit. And then when her and Jazz do essentially have a falling out because LaMarcus shows up and Phil is loves him some, some LaMarcus so he just fights him everywhere if that was my father I'd be like you know what no this is not this is not gonna fly there's boundaries setting that I that should have been put into place in the beginning to nip it in the bud but eventually she falls for it he clearly LaMarcus was like oh I'm coming back my goal is to get her back even though they dated it sounded like they've had a they amicably split because they were not right for each other for each other at the moment that they were together he was getting ready to go into his whole football career and so it just didn't make sense and so now he's back and he's a little older and he is pretty much like Hillary you're it for me I want you I don't care who you with right now in game it's gonna be me and you and so Jazz kind of gets in his head as well because with most people, it, whether you're, you're Hillary or Jazz, you're probably doing some type of comparison if you were to meet someone that um, your significant other dated. And so Jazz is pretty much weighing himself up against LaMarcus, which isn't really fair because LaMarcus, like Jazz and LaMarcus have thing, good things going on for them in different ways. LaMarcus, his good, I don't want to say it's, it's good things but like his positive things happening for him he has this football career uh he's I don't want to get into like height and stuff but like he's tall <laughs> and like visually you would think like oh okay that's what that's what the, that's what they want and then Jazz I think he has positive things going for him as well he has his own business he keeps is a very fly <laughs> so I think there are positives on both sides. So I think in your own way, when you start trying to compare yourself to other people, and then that's where self-sabotage comes in. And we literally see that play out on the screen because we see Jazz pretty much sabotage his relationship with uh, Hillary. And so then you see the moment where, which I had a little gripe with this because he had a, uh, I can't remember what they called it. It wasn't a block party, like a meet and greet or something at his record store and he was waiting for Hillary to show up and he kept watching the door, watching the door and she didn't show up, she didn't show up. And then um, when she does show up, he's dancing on the floor and then she's like, oh, I'm gonna leave him. I'm gonna go back to, she's like, she felt some type of way. And so she left and went back to LaMarcus. But my whole thing is he was just dancing on the dance floor. I don't, I, I feel like that was not a legitimate enough reason to be like, oh, throwing a towel, I'm going to the other guy because you clearly don't want me. He's at his meet and greet party dancing <laughs> with a group of people. I don't know. that that, And then to me, that made it seem like Hillary 
already had her mind set up in a way where she was looking for any reason to take the easy the easy way out which her mom I believe it was her mom kind of said it where she was like you like relationships are hard it's work are you are you trying to take when she when um Hillary was asking her parents if she should go on the trip I believe to Paris with LaMarcus or not and her mom was like oh well it seems like you want like the easy route you want something easy and that's what LaMarcus is offering you versus something that's challenging which is what uh would be the path with potentially challenging let's say would be the path with uh Jazz so I don't know she ends up even though Jazz goes and talks to her before she gets on the flight she still ends up going with LaMarcus which I don't think was surprising uh similar to freaking Carlton and Will where there's always going to be some type of a a conflict there I think this whole theme between Hillary and Jazz is going to continue to play out into season three <sighs> let's talk about oh my gosh let's talk about Jeffrey really quick because we do we found out last season that he had a son we also saw that he got or Phil fired him because of everything that happened with him connecting or telling uh, Will about his dad and so we do spend the beginning of this with him not working in the house but eventually he ends up back there and then uh, Phil and Viv helps him meet his son and so we find out more about Jeffrey which I was excited you all know I love I love to continue to get character information for us to continue to flush them out so we can be like this is why I'm rooting for this person even though on the surface and their interactions with everyone's like, oh, okay, I want to root for you. But like, give me the backstory. So we find out that he left London. Uh, he was in a gang, which I don't think was surprising because Jeffrey be out here just threatening people with a with a look. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to stop. Uh, or making moves and taking people out. <laughs> like in season one. <laughs> but it's, essentially, he was in a gang in London. He's pretty deep in. He... Uh, I can't remember if they were married, but the person he was with got pregnant, had a son. He found himself in the situation. I'm like literally trying to remember this from memory, so I'm probably going to mess some stuff up. Found himself in a situation where he needed to get out and the only way he needed to get out of London and then his son's mom couldn't raise him on her own and so they end up putting him up for adoption but this whole time Phil and Viv have kept tabs on his son and made sure that he got placed in a family who would be able to take care of him all that essentially his entire life and so he pretty much tells this to his son and his son is like feeling some type of way which is which is understandable because at this point he's a grown adult and he's just meeting his father who he didn't even know who he was or how much involved he was in his life this entire time. And so after a conversation with Phil, he ends up staying, they end up building, doing a little bit of relationship building and he goes back to London and then pretty much there's been no communication because there are people looking for <laughs> Jeffrey. And so him connecting with his son now opens him up to those people who 
I'm pretty much, I'm assuming they have potentially a, um, what do you call it? Not a tab. They have a, oh my gosh, when you put something on somebody's head because you want to take them out. I don't know why I'm struggling with, with remembering specific words. <laughs> maybe it'll come to me, maybe it won't. Um, but he essentially has a price on his, I'm assuming he has a price on his head. And those people, it seems like may have found him because he's been getting consistent calls from an unknown number. And then towards the end, we see him get uh, sent a piece of mail that had a picture of him sitting in a restaurant with his son. So I'm pretty sure that I was going to go into season three. I will also say really quickly, I do love the relationship between him and Will that he always has his back. You all know I love me some good camaraderie. Let's talk about Will. So Will starts this off. He's still angry at everybody about everything that went down with his dad. So he's been staying with Jazz. Uh, then we eventually, with some uh, maneuvering to get him to, I believe it was Ashley's birthday. He finally gets there. He talks to Phil and then they get back on the same plate. Like we all watched it. We gonna, we gonna, we gonna. Swing right by that. The whole agreement is that they are going to give Will more space to be able to make decisions for himself. And in that, we are introduced to another new character, actually two new characters, Doc and Jackie. Doc is Jackie's uncle. Doc is the big time coach of like an AAU team. Everyone who gets on his team, he's able to get them into good schools on a good on a basketball scholarship. This is the this is the team to be on if you want to get to a good school. Of course, Phil has his doubts about it, which ends up to be valid. Um, because come to find out, he had pretty much been doing what some coaches were probably doing in making finance, making money off of getting these kids into good schools. Uh, and so there's a little bit of conflict there once. Will found that out because Will had Doc on a pedestal. Will's whole thing had been, oh, I got to be Philly Will. I got to be Philly Will. He felt like he lost that connection to that to that side of him. We see him um, act out with his actual basketball team after he starts talking to Doc. And that's like, oh, you got to be the best. And pretty much getting to say, like, you got to be the best. If you're best, you're going to do this. You got to lead your team to victory. You got to make decisions on the court. You can't, it's not always about the whole team. Like, you have to be able to make a decision. It's all about winning, 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 winning. <laughs> if you're from my generation, you know, we're all about teamwork, teamwork. It's okay if we don't win. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. <laughs> it's all about winning, 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 winning. Um, and so we see we'll be very resistant to his high school team coach, to his teammates. I have to say, because I wrote Tyler's name down, he's one of the side characters where I'm like, okay, I mean, I get why we're probably not getting more from him, but he done popped up now, two seasons. I'm gonna need a little bit more <laughs> about this relationship because he just be popping in, popping out, popping in, popping out. And it is a valid question of does Will have other friends? He seems to have, yeah, he has Jazz, he has Lisa, uh, he has Carlton occasionally, but it also seems like he has Tyler. So what are we doing with that? <laughs> Is this a JJ situation? I don't know, but I'm going to need a little more there because he done popped in and out two seasons now. 
I'm sure you're going to pop in and out season three. So give us a little bit more round him out as a character. Cause right now he's very, very much one note. Um, but I have my hypotheses around why we may not round him out, but I'll keep that to myself for now. We'll see what happens in season three. And then hopefully I will remember <laughs> to talk about what my hypothesis is around why we may not potentially see but we'll see I don't know that's like my one thing if we got people popping in and out and they're one-dimensional I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna need them to get a little bit more dimensions <laughs> just give me some more dimensions so anyway but um we see him pretty much everything Doc's saying he's absorbing it he's looking at Doc as a role model because he looks to him as someone who is both in the streets but or from the streets and also has a business mindset and so you can see this conflict between him and phil kind of building because phil while phil has come from the streets <laughs> at least based on what he said in season one he and plus his actions just speak like he comes from but <laughs> he is of the mind of not <laughs> So his approach is completely different from Doc. And so it was easy for Doc to come in and have heavy influence on Will. So that once Will started to be like, oh, wait, no, this is what's really happening. Oh, wait, Uncle Phil was actually right all along. I also love the relationship between Will and Phil because I think there's a lot of layers there. Um, and the relationship between Will and Phil and the relationship between uh, Carlton and Phil, I love both of them because they're different, but they're overall the same. I don't know if that makes sense, but at least that's the way that I view them. Because I know a lot of times it seems like, and I think he kind of explains it this season as well, when Carlton was getting upset when they because they both were going up for the honors thing. And Carlton said something along the lines of, you're always, uh, it seems like you're always rooting for I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember what he said word for word. Seems like you're always rooting for a will or you're always in his corner, but maybe sometimes I need some uh, pushing or I need some support. And then Phil is essentially like, oh, the only reason I do that is because I know like what you're capable of. And I feel like Will needs more of a push for me than you do. And I was like, that just shift the whole thinking of the relationship between Carlton and Phil and then Carlton and, or Carlton and, and Will. <laughs> it's just the whole relationship between Carlton and Phil and Phil and Will and that dynamic. Because it just made it all be like, ah, okay, I see it. And so now every single time I thought I was like, ah, I see. Because you know, genuinely, there's love there. That's why there was so much disappointment in the end. Now we're back to Carlton. When uh, they found out that Carlton was doing drugs and then... Like you just see that unraveling a little bit in Phil with that initial conversation when they're in the kitchen and then him taking a beat and then going into his room and talking to him. But yeah, so back to Will. We also get introduced another character, Jackie, because you have the whole relationship between Lisa and Will, which kind of ran over from last season, but then it seemed like Lisa was ready to take the next step, but Will wasn't because he was still in the struggle moment between who am I, who am I, who am I? And so when you're in that place, it's kind of hard for you to accept someone else or even realize that someone else is reaching out for you because you're just so self-focused, which was, I think, the overall summary of Will this season was 
just I. <laughs> he was so self-absorbed that it was just so much happening around him and he had no clue at all because he was only he was only thinking about himself, which I mean I guess is Will in a nutshell. Because you can kind of say the same thing for season one, but this season was just so blatant that he was just like not even um thinking about it. But yeah, so that left him open to a relationship with Jackie. And Jackie, again, another one, when she came on the scene, I was just like, I don't know that I trust her. Even the whole when he first meets her with the dog in the bench, I was like, oh, something doesn't feel right. And then kind of find out she was, we do see her have like a conversation a few episodes in with her uncle where he's like asking her boys to stats on Will or whatever when they're trying, when he's trying to get Will onto his team, because we find out the whole reason he wanted Will on the team, because he initially didn't want Will, but once he found out who his uncle was, Phil, he was like, oh wait, I need that lawyer, because he need to get himself out of the situation that he was in, and then especially after he found out what he did for Will with the whole gun thing, so um, I don't know, I was like, oh, maybe not trust her immediately, and then I also felt the type of way because when he confronts her at um when they're at Jazz's place during the meet and greet and he's like, I wanna talk to you about about what's going on with Doc. What did you know? And then she's all like, Oh, I don't wanna talk about it. Um and so then they make out and do what who knows they do whatever. They don't show us we can assume and then they come back and then they jump right back into the conversation. It's just like <laughs> And he's so mad. He's like, I don't want to talk to you. Blah, blah. And I was like, you could have done all this before <laughs> you all got intimate. It's just, but you know, teenagers probably not even thinking. It's just whatever is whatever. Um, but yeah, what else about Will? So I was happy to see him at least kind of come out of, come up from under the um, wool that he's been under. <laughs> Or he had been under for most of the season after he finds out uh, what Doc has really, has really been up to. And so I think that opens him up to then being able to more so support. Because the whole thing with him and Carlton is like, yeah, they're there for each other. He's like, oh, I got your back. They're like, oh, we, we, we pretty much hand in hand this whole season then they have a little falling out and then Carlton tries to go to him and be like oh I'm sorry I shouldn't have said that you were the one who leaked the video but then because Will was still in his me 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 focus phase he couldn't accept that apology and so then that kind of pushed Carlton further off the edge but like that's why I'm like Will was supposed to be <laughs> looking out for him but he just couldn't focus on it and so then once he gets from under that and that whole that moment when he went into which I also think was another sign going back to signs that Carlton was probably doing drugs when he shows up in his room after he finds out he's kind of come from under the um the whole doc spell and he sees he's hanging out with Connor again and then he confronts him in his room he starts throwing stuff out of his drawers, looking for drugs. And how Carlson was acting like, stop, stop. Like, you could see he was scared all over his face. That was another sign to me. Like, oh, wait, you might be on something. But anyway, so he essentially ends up breaking things off with Jackie because he ends up getting with Lisa. And it seems like potentially 
that's how we're gonna roll into season three what else y'all we've been talking for a hot minute so we're about to get into season three and then we're gonna wrap this up I don't think there's anything else the 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 Banks family reunion that episode was was fun to see like the whole family show up uh Phil fixes Doc's issue yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we talked about all that Mm. oh Lisa makes a very okay so now we're getting to season three because at the end or towards the end of season of this season Lisa makes a comment along the lines of oh Summer and Belair because they're like oh junior year's over they're looking forward to senior year and like she says something about Summer and Belair and then Will's like oh how is Summer and Belair like wink wink <laughs> and so this takes me into season three because we have senior year, so I'm not sure. I just can't see them doing a whole season focus on summer, but they probably could because not a lot of time seems to pass in these seasons. Or they do, but it doesn't seem like it is. So they could either do a whole season on summer, which I don't think that's what I want to see. Or like a lot of these shows, the first couple of episodes are the summer and then the rest of the episodes are the school year. Because I do want to see senior year. I'm pretty sure that uh, Will is going to get back on the high school team because the coach made that offer to him because we saw some reconciliation there. Uh, we're probably going to see Carlton in rehab because, which I'm probably, which will probably be the summer months he would spend it in rehab, which is why it's like either we're going to see them during the summer, but if Carlton's in rehab, then we might skip the summer. And see, like, oh, this is Carlton back post rehab. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a few ways they can go with that. But um, we do see Viv looking up inpatient, uh, and I believe outpatient um, rehab facilities because one of her worries that she voiced to Phil was like, oh, we're about, both about to be super busy. We missed this. We missed that he was spiraling like this. Like, what are we going to do? And so that's why I think they may lean towards in person or out inpatient um inpatient facility so it seems like that's probably an option um yeah so those are the big things when I look at my notes that I had for season three summer senior year Carlton and rehab basketball team <laughs> uh who from the new people who we saw this season that I think we will probably see next season Tyler for sure, because I already talked about he just be popping in, popping out. Erica for sure, LaMarcus. Jackie, I'm not sure, especially if it seems like everything with Doc may be done and over with. And I'm not sure that if Will will continue to play on that team. But if not, then we for sure probably won't see Jackie or Doc again. Drew, also another one where I'm not sure because we, he kind of served his purpose already for this season. And so not sure where else we, he can go. I mean, I would rather see more from another character who are not getting a lot of development from versus uh, Drew just showing up to be showing up. Uh, Connor is not a, a new this season, but he pops in, pops out as well. We do, I, I feel like they try to give us a little bit more on Connor, but it was very surface level. So he's another one where he's like a pop in, pop out. I feel like there's something there. There's something happening in his world. Like, how did Connor get to this? What I'm sure is probably similar to how a lot of these characters 
who are like the drug dealer, da, 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 but they have like things going on at home, um, type of situations. But I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like I want to see more from Tyler versus a uh, a uh, Connor because we just don't know anything <laughs> about Tyler. <laughs> Olivia, we're probably gonna see. I mean, I hope we see because we didn't see Ashley's friends from season one. So hopefully we see a friend for her in season three. Uh, yeah, I think that's everyone. That's all I have to say. We talked about all the things. Um, but I want to know what you all thought about season two of Bel Air. What do you want to see in season three? Let me know all the things and I will talk to you all in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at Currently Binging on Instagram and at Current Binging Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.